0: And you're going to have little moments in your research and your clinical practice and your educational curricula where you're going to feel like, why am I bother doing this? This is never going to work. I'm never going to make it. And then you just kind of have that little moment of meltdown. Pick yourself back up. And here we are literally uh, almost two years to the day. And all this has happened. Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. I'm Kim Skurupski, and on today's episode, I'm so pleased and so proud to introduce you to the Faculty Factory website and podcast, wonderful producer, Mr. Casey Callinan. Casey, how are you?
1: I'm great, Kim. First of all, congratulations on episode 100.
0: 100? Really? <laughs>
1: You've done at least 100 of these. How does How does that feel, first of all?
0: I, it's hard to believe that what started as a conversation between Casey Callanan and Kim Skorupsky in downtown Merritt Athletic Club, the DAC, in Baltimore, Maryland over watching the Chicago Bears football game on a Sunday afternoon when we were the only two losers in the gym working out and then discovering that we were both from the same far west suburbs of Chicago and had moved there, resulted in this. Back in 2013 that we met resulted in this amazing collaboration with you. I'm, I'm just, I really am shocked.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, the Bears did lose that game. So that was not a shocker. How do you remember that? They've (laughs) lost a lot of them over the years. But first of all, Kim, congratulations. Like we've said, the podcast has been downloaded or viewed on YouTube over 20,000 times at this point, and it's in roughly 60 countries as well. We know from looking at the metrics, what do you have to say to all these people that have taken the time to listen to your wisdom and and the knowledge that you've been able to uncover from all these interviews?
0: I'm sure no one has learned anything from me, and there's been no wisdom on my end, but I know that people have been so impressed with the community of faculty affairs and faculty development professionals around North America. Who have dedicated their lives to serving faculty? That's where the wisdom is, and that—that that, if you remember—was the impetus for this whole project. Well, it started, you know, it started back with the WAGs that you and I met for lunch or a dinner one night, and said I, you know, had this idea of the WAGs, the Writing Accountability Groups, and you talked me into getting the book together and the and the website. But then. Even that kind of was rooted in my involvement with the Association of American Medical Colleges Group on Faculty Affairs, my sensing that this Group on Faculty Affairs annual professional development conference wasn't enough. It didn't seem to provide enough opportunity for us to build community because we're all such busy professionals. And anybody knows whenever you go to a conference, you're constantly running around and trying to catch as many sessions as you can. And so it's constant busyness. And and while we do a good job of building and some networking and breakfast times and social hours, it's felt to me like there was so much that we all wanted and needed. And yet there really wasn't a platform to share that kind of um just conversation in a low-key way. So you you're the one who convinced me that we needed to come up with a novel way of disseminating information and sharing and building. And so this whole facultyfactory.org website and podcast, you know, was – Absolutely would not have been here because of you. So I guess one lesson I, I want to impart to folks out there is you never know where you're, where you're going to meet your collaborators. And obviously it could be in a gym with a person who is a professional communication person at the American Urological Association and just finishing a master's in business administration, you never know when you will get together with people and spark really great ideas. So thank you, Casey, and thank everybody listening for um, joining in and contributing and participating and sharing all the wisdom and growing this community.
1: What are some of the top takeaways or recurring themes you can gather from all of these 100 discussions that you've been a part of? Is there anything, any pattern recognition that you're seeing or any recurring themes you want to share?
0: You know, the, the themes that we see in faculty affairs and faculty development are the ones that have been kind of common threads. And those revolve around promotion and mentoring and communication and leadership and equity and inclusion, basic career development, geez, negotiating. I guess it all comes down to those, you know, what, what have somebody pointed out to me recently, you know, these, these soft skills, if you will. And I'm doing the little quotation marks with my fingers these soft skills that ma- many of us don't learn in graduate school. You know, we, we're so steeped in learning about our, our science and um, how to do research and how to grow our, you know, be a clinician and lear- learn our surgical skills or our clinical practices that we don't learn about things like how to be a good mentee or be a mentor or how does one ascend the career laddership in academic medicine? Or how do you negotiate positions and resources and network? Those kind of things. Nobody, none of us took, took a class in that stuff. I guess people assume that you just learn by osmosis. You just kind of are like, we're like sponges. So we see how people do things, but that's kind of, I think a mistake. And, and that's how the group on faculty affairs evolved out of the recognition of deans throughout the schools of medicine and academic medicine, recognizing that we can't make these assumptions. And especially as science and medicine and education has changed and all the the new pressures and gosh, let's add a global pandemic on top of all the usual pressures of increased competition for research funding and generating revenue through clinical practices and the way medicine is set up and education and online learning, you know, all the complexities, it's You can't assume that faculty members will just pick up organically how to, again, fill in the blank, be a leader, build teams, communicate with your subordinates, the people on, on your team to negotiate, to learn about conflict and mediation just organically. It's, there's, it's not going to happen. So that's hence the, the real need for the science of faculty affairs and the science of faculty development. So all, all my colleagues out, out there around the world who get this and understand this, and again, have a heart for serving faculty and helping faculty meet and exceed all their expectations. Uh, it, it, it lies in you know, the work the work we do. So those are, I guess the common themes are, are, the, are the standard ones that I, I guess I mentioned. I won't repeat myself,
1: Tim, let's talk about the technical side of this. I want to get into that because (laughs) you are a self-proclaimed Luddite, I believe. You are not technology and interfacing with technology. You have told me many times is not something that you consider your strong suit. (laughs) So since you've been doing this 100 episodes now, recording remote podcasts, and interfacing with the different softwares that you need to make sure this is a seamless recording process. Do you, do you have you conquered some of these fears and stresses that you've had with technology?
0: Okay, so I, I could be glib and say no, because you know, and everybody who knows me knows that technology. I feel like every IT person at Hopkins. there's an inside joke that I have some kind of metal plate in my head that interferes with all technology. And the, the ongoing joke, kid you not, among the IT crew and the staff in my office is the common refrain when anybody ever works with me or tries to remote into my computer to fix things is always, that's interesting. And I've never seen that before. Over and over and over. That's interesting. I've never seen that before. And I say, yes, welcome to my world. It's only me where I have the craziness of technology. So to be silly and obnoxious, no, it's not changed. Because every time I have a podcast on my calendar, I literally will feel myself start to shake and tremble. I do get so nervous. That said, when I get out of my head and step back and look at all these, you know, over hundred and now like, you know, recording, you know, a bunch of new ones for the next season, I I do kind of feel pretty proud of myself that I've figured it out. And I will also acknowledge to everybody out there, the only way I figured it out was because I had Casey Callanan who wrote me this, you know, dummy-proof step-by-step. With screenshots and big arrows telling me, press this, do that, make sure this is on voice meter, audacity and the Skype and making sure all these things work. You're the one who wrote me the manual to figure out how to do this. So again, a little plug for we wow. need a team of people around us who have the skills that we don't have. And then guess what? We're all better for it. So it's because of you. That I have the confidence, if you want to call it confidence, on any given day to do this.
1: Well, I appreciate that kind, those kind words and but painful transition here to kind of what's the word I'm looking for. Are you, are you, I, are you kind are of
0: to, are you hearkening to back kind to of our con- first episode with Charlie Irvin? Well, <laughs> I, I don't want to contradict every single word you just said about me, but. <laughs> Um, no, come on. Let's yeah. truth-telling time. Charlie Irvin, I hope up at the University of Vermont. I hope you're listening to this. Take it away, Casey. Let's talk about that first session, the very first ever faculty factory podcast with dr charlie urban go ahead casey tell everybody that's right
1: the first if you go to facultyfactory.org slash podcast and you go to the very bottom of the page and you can see our library all 100 episodes are up there the first ever interview would look like it's an interview with daniel shapiro brilliant guy from Penn State College of Medicine, Hershey, but (laughs) technically, the first ever Faculty Factory interview was not with Dr. Daniel Shapiro. It was actually with Dr. Charlie Irvin, which uh, when it was published, it ended up being the fourth episode, but that's because the first ever episode of the Faculty Factory podcast is a technically a lost episode. The first the <laughs> Dr. Irvin episode that got published was a one hour complete retake. Yes. Um, and that was because in our celebratory mood of recording the first episode, I was with you. This was two years ago, maybe three years ago. No, it's two we years had ago. It, December
0: 13th, 2018. I'm looking at my notebook here <laughs> with all my notes. And I remember you sitting here and we're like, Woohoo! and I was jumping up and down, dancing around yeah. down here in my basement and you were pounding around at the keyboard and then take it away.
1: Yeah, and then what had happened was I what had happened What had happened? What was, I, <laughs> well Well, it's a mistake I have never made again. so I do want to give myself credit for learning from my mistake. <laughs> but uh, I had thought that when I saw the saved podcast, on your desktop, that we were good to go. That MP3 file looked saved up, and I was happy. I was jubilant. All right, let's close out everything and go. You know, live to see another day. This is awesome. One down. You know, one hour under the belt Charlie with his time was so he was so gracious with his time. You nailed it. You were nervous. It was your first time doing this interview, and it was like everything was perfect. We had the file saved. What I failed to do was after the file was on your desktop, I didn't listen to it before we closed out the project, which I should have done. I assumed it was all there. However, whatever technology on that day was feeling a certain type of way. And what ended up happening was only about two minutes of the one hour interview was actually saved. Yeah. And that meant we lost pretty much the whole thing. And my heart sunk Your heart sunk, and we just got lucky. I got lucky, we all got lucky because Dr. Urban was so gracious. He laughed, and And (laughs) he still gives us a hard time about it to this day, rightfully so. And it was 100% my fault, but. He was so gracious with his time, and what, two weeks later, we had him back on the phone, and the interview was just as good, if not better, yeah. than the first one that that was lost.
0: <laughs> so I, I think there's so many, listening to you tell the story, it brings it back, but it's also, it, it brings me to some, Reminds me of important lessons in life. Okay. Nobody died on the table. Uh, something didn't burn down. People didn't lose a life, lose a job and all the horrible things, you know, that happened that we are all too acutely aware of. But it, it was a blow. And in the in re- the reminder, the lesson to me and many lessons here is that we're going to have setbacks and you're going to have little moments in your research and your clinical practice and your educational curricula where you're going to feel like, Ugh, why am I bothering doing this? This is never going to work. All the doom and gloom, everything I do messes up. I'm never going to make it. And then you just kind of have that little moment of meltdown. I remember you down here for like 20 minutes, half an hour, like trying everything. I went upstairs, made a cup of tea. And I'm like, you got it. You got it. You're fine. You're fine. And then we, when we realized, no, we don't got it. Okay. Like you said, we pick yourself back up. And here we are literally uh, almost two years to the day. And all this has happened. So the lesson there is, yeah, sometimes in the moment, you have to allow the little bit of a meltdown, I call it my little toddler temper tantrum, which I've had, like, during the quarantine and, and the COVID year, many moments of little temper tantruming. But then you say, okay, Got that out, deep, deep breath, move on. And like you said, people are more forgiving and they're kinder than you think they would be, you know, because like some of the horrors, nightmares in my head of him going, I can't believe you did this. You know, how stupid are you? My time is valuable. I'm not going to do it again. If you can't get your stuff together, what makes you think? I mean, that would be like the worst case scenario. But of course, Charlie Urban, the Dean for Faculty Affairs at UVM. Great guy would never say that, but, you know, we tend to, like, catastrophize. ah. But so one important lesson there is calm down, deep breath, this too shall pass, and wonderful things can sometimes happen from what seem to be disasters, right? Look at the COVID. I mean, we've got some silver linings that have obviously come out of all that. Yes. Well,
1: well said. A uh, hundred episodes later, we haven't made them say, say the same mistake twice, so that's got to be
0: a good sign. Right. Uh, so, And, and especially, the, I, I want to make yeah. a note to you, right? In all these two years of my recording now, over 125, I have never even done that myself. That is the biggest yeah. miracle I just realized. I can't believe that yeah. I haven't screwed something up or I uploaded it to the drive and you're like, Kim, it's not there. Or I can't believe you recorded a whole hour of nothing. So... I can't yeah. believe I haven't messed up. So, yeah, you, I guess the, you scared the the pants out of me so well that yeah. maybe that's why I'm so uber conscious of everything because I'm like ah, that first episode. I'm gonna delete everything.
1: No, we definitely learned from the mistake and foolproof kind of SOPs right. and processes in place, and that's right, and it, that really helps systems really, you know, really help. Kim, you mission the pandemic, as we become a digital first society, do you think this, this podcast can, can help the community stay connected? As we know, we're still in-person meetings have still not come back.
0: Well, yeah, you know, you're right, Casey. I, you know, you're in a different generation and you know, you get this and you're the one who like taught me all about this. And especially if folks are are a little bit still squirrely about the whole thing, Casey Callanan has written at least two books, actually three books now, but the how to podcast when you aren't tech savvy, which I think was written for me. Yeah. So back to the pandemic and this, this kind of technology, I don't know what's going to be next down, down the, the line. And you know, you've transitioned these to, to YouTube and there are different buckets and categories. And, you know, we're working on the book to compile all these episodes. So what you and I've had so many conversations over the years is we have to be nimble. We have to be creative. My big thing is always trying to meet faculty where they are. So I think it's important for diversity. And I'm in these kinds of problem solving times and trying to to reach faculty diversity I mean in this instance not only of the typical diversity and ethnicity and background and and gender and and religion and politics and geography and how all the many facets of diversity but also diversity in age because I think you know as I'm approaching age 60 in a few couple years well five, four or five years, it's it's I cannot I'm, I'm just not into this the whole the youth culture it's important that we have the diversity of people who are, we have to understand where are they getting their information you know are they on Instagram are they on Twitter what's going to be the next thing they are on or that they look to as their sources of information and what's going to be efficient and what is going to help them in their careers and not hinder them I mean email was a thing and now it's emails getting people like delete emails so You know, when you say, is this important now? Yeah, it's it's this kind of a, this medium and whatever's going to happen in the future. We've seen an uptick, and and I know a lot of my colleagues have, uh, back in the olden days when human beings got together in rooms, when we had hospitality, we'd have food, you know, the restrooms around the corner, we sat next to each other, we'd have breakout rooms. and The breakout rooms are groups where literally people stand up and go stand in a a circle in, in the corner of the room. And we'd have our um, pretty good, up to a half or a little bit more of attendance. Everybody's noticing that on the, the Zoom formats, attendance is a lot more. I mean, huge. Why? Because of the convenience of it. Now, we can talk about Zoom fatigue. It's a different thing where at some point we're like, I don't want another Zoom ever. But the idea that you can just click a button and be in a room with people versus, you know, grabbing your purse, grabbing your coat running down the, the street or the block or getting on a bus or getting in your car or going somewhere, the the efficiency is certainly something that, and patients have seen this as well with telehealth and tele- telemedicine, and we're not going to get rid of that. So you're right in that we have to make sure we are meeting, again, meeting faculty where they are, and that is efficiencies, technology, what will work for them, and what kind of sizable, digestible chunks on their time in the manner that works for them in their learning style, their personality style, and what they need. And that kind of gets me to what Charlie Irvin and I actually presented in Chicago the year you were there, um, Casey, and you met a lot of our colleagues at the Chicago Professional Development Conference where we talked about precision faculty development. And I still am not going to give that concept up based around precision medicine, precision education, not precision faculty development. Where, where are folks? Where, where can we meet them? What do we do? But I don't see... Anything else right now that's good, better than this? I think it's, um, it's working at least. I think it's working.
1: <laughs> well, I was at that meeting and that was the last in person meeting that the GFA has had. So yep. I was very fortunate to be there. It's crazy how, how different the world was no more than 18 months ago or so. As we now transition to the end of this episode, I just wanted to get your feedback on if someone was interested in being a guest on the Fast Movie Factory podcast, and maybe they do have Zoom fatigue, and they don't want to get on another Zoom call, what's the process like for them getting on the podcast with you? Is it as simple as dialing a cell phone?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that, Casey, because I still, when I send these uh, reminders out on the GFA listserv and and periodically send little emails around Hopkins reminding faculty to take advantage of these little snippet sound bites on the Faculty Factory podcast, I still, and then I invite people, I still get emails saying, oh, I'd love to do it, but I don't, I really can't travel to Baltimore to do it. <laughs> or they'll say, you know, you know, where do we record it? You know, you always talk about you're in your basement. I mean, do I come to your house? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's easier than that. There's no travel involved. It's uh literally you call me on a phone. You could be sitting in a closet on your cell phone and talking to me. It doesn't matter. So yeah, it's funny you
1: should say that. I'm currently sitting in a closet. No, you are not.
0: <laughs> so exactly all you have to do. And I know everybody listening out there, you've got something to sh- to share. You're coming up soon next in 2021, the calendar year 2021. We're debuting a new season that I thought about calling the Triple H, the Habits and Hacks from Hopkins just as a way of um, inviting faculty members to share their routines, their efficiencies, their practices, their hacks that make them successful. And so, I, I've already interviewed a bunch of folks, and it's it's kind of a, if you're sitting there listening, thinking, "Well, yeah, you ex, you extroverts, you know, you just talk to think, and you just yammer away." Especially Kim, and you know, she never shuts up. That's easy for you to do that. But what about we, you know, the introverts here who are a little bit maybe more shy? And don't feel comfortable doing this. I tell you, I've interviewed maybe 10 in the past couple of weeks and they say, no, I'm really introverted. Well, I hope those of you who are listening understand that this is not like an NPR interview when we know the faculty factory. I'll, the whole idea was this to be very informal, conversation, chatty, just like if I'm on the phone with a friend and we're talking. And I think I believe that we have set up that kind of a culture, that kind of a tone that they're they're not scripted. None of these interviews has ever been scripted. People call in, "Hey Kim, how you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, you ready to go? Let me tell you this is going to work. It's not live. I'm recording it. If I say something stupid, you know, just tell me and I'll Casey Callanan's going to edit it out. But it's very chill, very relaxed. And I've had many many faculty members tell me when we when I hit the pause and stop recording and start downloading, and they'll be like, "Wow." The first couple minutes I was kind of nervous. Could you tell?" And I'm like, "No." And i like, "But then It was just so comfortable. I was really, I was really relaxed and it just felt really natural. And I actually forgot that we were recording. And so I just want to reassure and hopefully inspire some people listening that I know you are sitting on a wealth of information out there. You're, you're listening to me and you have some really cool ideas you have some great things you do, some little things you've discovered or you've observed in somebody else and you want to share it, please don't don't keep good news a secret. You know, good news is meant to be shared. Share the good news. Don't keep things a secret. So please go to the website, facultyfactory.org. Casey, what's the email address for the faculty factory? facultyfactorykim at gmail.com. I forgot about that email address. See, that's how good Casey is because he takes care of all that, the production business. But yeah, you can, or you can find me at hop. email me at Hopkins, kskorupsky at jh.edu, kskorupsky at jh.edu. How do you spell Skorupsky? Just how it sounds. S-K-A-R-U-P-S-K-I, kskorupsky at jh. But yeah, thanks, Casey. I think it's, it's super easy and people just have to give me a call. Don't be shy.
1: Awesome. Any other final thoughts, Kim?
0: Yeah, just that I'm eternally grateful to you, Casey. You you just keep encouraging me. And no matter when I feel, you know, like exhausted and tired and frustrated by the whole, you know, all the complicated processes of getting, you know, getting us organized and getting the people booked and rebooked and rescheduled and technology, you always encourage me and motivate me. So I really appreciate you, Casey. And and I appreciate all the all my friends out there in the GFA land and all the faculty members over the years who have taken their time to be brave and courageous and share willingly without pay. They're all doing this voluntarily. So thank you to everybody for doing our good work. And let's continue to share the news and build our community.
1: Sounds good, Kim. And here's to 100 more episodes. <laughs> oh, my. And Also, on behalf of the entire Faculty Factory audience, I would like to congratulate Kim on her promotion to full professor at Johns Hopkins. I wanted to put that in there because we know that you would never say that. You're a very humble person, and I do want to say congratulations and make sure that it does officially get out there because you do give a lot back to this whole community and uh, it was very very great news associate dean for faculty development on her promotion to professor i'm reading the tweet right now congratulations dr skorupski that is amazing
0: you're so so kind you snuck that in there <laughs> <All> right, <folks. laughs> thanks everybody see you back on the faculty factory podcast be well